In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. To enter into the upcoming holy celebrations of Easter, the Church wants to give us a perfect guide in the Feast of the Sorrows of Mary that we celebrate today. It is from the heart's overflow that the mouth speaks. We cannot penetrate the treasures of the most sorrowful hearts of Mary unless we first try to understand and to meditate on the very words of Our Lady herself. Today we celebrate the seven sorrows of Our Lady. Let us apply these sorrows to the seven words, seven symbol of perfection, seven words of such wonderful meaning and virtue, uttered by the most blessed Mother of Christ, God and man. To the angels, twice only did she speak. To Elizabeth, also twice. With her son, twice. Once in the temple and another time at the marriage feast. And once to the attendants. Let us draw from that source, following the seven acts of love of St. Bernardine, to grow in our devotion to a mother and her sorrowful an Immaculate Heart. The first word of our Blessed Mother on the day of the Annunciation, how can that be, since I have no knowledge of men? This is the first love, known as the separating love. Like the spouse in the Song of Songs, she has to be taken aside. God chooses His beloved servants, and among them, first His Mother. He gives them all, proves of his divine love, but he asks in return a radical separation from all that will not make possible the flood of graces in the soul. And that first and essential separation is from the works of the flesh, which are immortality and clean immorality and cleanness, idolatry, witchcraft, enmities, contentions, jealousies, anger, quarrels, Factions, parties, envies, murders, drunkenness, and such like, as we read in the epistle of St. Paul. Therefore, Mary had to be immaculate, pure, perfect, chosen among thousands as Our Lady, but only on a lower level we have been taken aside as well. We have been blessed with the waters of baptism often mentioned in the time of the Passion of our Lord in the Gospel and in the readings of the liturgy of this Lenten season. We have been constituted heirs of the Kingdom of Heaven. For this reason, our King and Master cannot suffer any betrayal, any infidelity. We cannot serve two Masters, as clearly indicated in the Gospels. Separation from the world, but union with the divine, is now made possible because of the second word of Mary. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, let it be unto me according to thy word. Mystery of the Incarnation, separating love that leads to transforming love. Let it be unto us according to his word. Constant obedience to God's will that will set us free. He transforms our soul, our human nature through His grace, 
We are no more slaves of our human nature, but we are now elevated to a supernatural life. Not that nature is destroyed, no, but lifted up. Behold, I make all things new, says the Apocalypse. There must be a renewal in the air life of your minds, says the great Apostle, writing to the Ephesians. You must be clothed in the new self, which is created in God's image, justified and sanctified through the truth. Grace transforms. The sacraments transform. The liturgy offered to you every day here transforms. Prayer transforms. And because all that is coming from God and given by Him, it is, of course, certainly what is best for men. Why being worried? For your Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His justice, and all these things shall be given you aside. Besides, it belongs to the essence of goodness, as we know, to communicate itself to others. And this is our third word. And there, entering in, she gave Elizabeth greeting. After this transforming love, now the communicating love. And what better example for us than our Lord Himself? Listen to what He said to St. Margaret. My divine heart is so inflamed with love for men that being unable any longer to contain within itself the flames of its burning charity, it must need spread them abroad. This should be the thermometer of our own charity. How much do I communicate this love? Just to a restricted circle? Only to those I am comfortable with? To those that keep doing me favors? Or can I make my own? This quote of our patron saint, St. Francis de Sales, the measure to love is to love without measure. The measure to love is to love without measure. And what should be the result of that? Obviously, a deep joy, a true joy, a sincere joy that can proclaim, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has found joy in God, who is my Savior. And this is her fourth word. But the Magnificat being too rich in meaning to be commended today, I like that beautiful prayer to your own meditation, maybe for this Lenten season. I can simply refer to the Epistle St. Paul when he mentions about charity, the fruits of that union with the Spirit of God. The fruits are charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, mildness, faith, modesty, continence, and chastity. Now the fifth word, my son, why hast thou treated us so? Think what anguish of mine thy father and I have endured searching for thee. This is what we call the savoring love. The lover cannot stand, cannot suffer, cannot put up with the separation with the beloved one. Every single moment spent with the loved one is immeasurable. Think of young fiancé, savoring every second spent together. Think of all these saints savoring the grace that was given them to spend a few minutes in the visible presence of their spouse, Christ our Savior. If we could only for one day 
be able to savor truly and deeply the love of God for us, we would never wish to leave Him or to offend Him even slightly. Let us beg for the grace to savor these moments of intimacy with the Blessed Trinity in our daily prayers, even when dry and feeling less. Constant exterior silence of Our Lady that was filled with a constant interior conversation with her beloved Redeemer. The sixth word, they have no wine left. Wine that prefigures, announces, prepares that divine wine that soon was going to flow from the cross to inebriate our soul with the joy of the promises of our own redemption. Mater Dolorosa, Our Lady of Sorrows, Compassionate love, compassionate love, O Thou Mother, as we sing while meditating on the way of the cross. Fount of love, touch my spirit from above, make my heart with Thine accord, make me feel as Thou hast felt, make my soul to glow and melt with the love of Christ my Lord. Once the soul has reached a deeper union with God, then love consumes all our faculties, and I, my own self, disappears, vanishes, to become Him. This is the consuming love. Do whatever He tells you. This is her last word. One single will. Our will is no more ours, but entirely His. Only as thy will is, not as mine is. Like a piece of wax, our own will is totally melted in God's will, and despite our imperfections, despite our weaknesses, despite our incapacities, we become a powerful instrument in the work of salvation for souls. To conclude, I invite you all to meditate on the words that Our Lady told Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco at Fatima. So actual, so appropriate for the time of confusion, uncertainty, and darkness that we have to endure today. God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart, and for today, sorrowful heart. If you do what I say, many souls will be saved, and you will have peace. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. And so, let us approach with confidence the cross of our Lord next week on Good Friday. And with tears, let us humbly beg Him to tell again His Mother for each of us, Behold Thy Son, Behold Thy Daughter. And to each one of us concerning His Mother, Behold Thy Mother. Immaculate Heart of Mary, protect us. Sorrowful and Immaculate Heart of Mary, defend us and pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.